Blog Talk Radio. Choices, decisions, frustrations, and pain. Knowing I'm going to forget her someday. While I still can, I'll challenge all my loved ones, every friend, to look inside their hearts and understand that I. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host and founder of Alzheimer's Speaks, Lori LeBay. It's a gorgeous day in the neighborhood here in Minnesota. Yesterday was like fall, and I guess summer is going to be back today. We're going to be up in the 80s again, but it got down into the 50s just yesterday. So we are on this roller coaster ride of temperature and weather, not unlike dementia, um, with all the ups and downs uh, that there is with it. But there's beauty uh, no matter which way you are swinging. Uh, Alzheimer's Speaks, for those of you that are new to the show, is an advocacy-based company providing multiple platforms to shift our dementia care culture from crisis to comfort around the world. We believe by joining forces and sharing knowledge and just having these everyday conversations about life with dementia that we can remove the stigmas attached to memory loss and help those live with the disease and live life with purpose. Together, we can help everyone understand what it's really like. At our core, Alzheimer Speaks believes collaboratively we can win this battle. And I know it's working because of all of your clicks and likes. They've had just a massive impact on our um, show's um, our show's acknowledgement worldwide. Um, by you sharing what it is we're doing, um, we were named the number one influencer online regarding Alzheimer's, according to Share Care with Dr. Oz. So I ask for your con- continued support in this fashion because Alzheimer's Speaks is not about me, and it's really not about Alzheimer's Speaks as a company. It's about all of us joining forces sharing knowledge, and having these everyday conversations. It's about getting information to those in need, both families and professionals and people who just want to learn. Here at Alzheimer Speaks, we want to continue to raise awareness by giving voice afflicted um, to those with memory loss, their care partners, as well as advocates supporting the cause. So if you have a product, service, or tool that you think could help others, please let me know. Maybe you can be our next guest. Or better yet, are you living with the disease? And do you want your voice to be heard? If so, again, reach out to me and let's have a conversation because I truly believe we can no longer 
be driven by a world of fear. We need to teach people how to live with this disease, not as it, and give people hope. Um, if you want to join the conversation, it's very easy to do. You can uh, communicate through the chat box, and all you have to do is type in and push enter, and I will be monitoring that as I go along through the show. Or you can always call in live, and that number is six. I'm sorry, no, it's not six five one. That's my area code. It is seven one four three six four four seven five seven. Again, that's seven one four three six four four seven five seven. Um, and before I introduce our guest today, I do just like to make a couple of acknowledgments to different organizations that I think can help our listeners. Um, the first is Alzheimer's Disease International. For those of you that are not aware of this organization, they are the organization of all the Alzheimer's associations throughout the world. And so if you're looking for support in your own community, that's a great place to check no matter where you live. And you can um, either Google Alzheimer's Disease International or go to www.alz dot co dot uk and then one of my um favorites um because i just am a lover of music when it comes to dementia this disease is music first with coral health and coral health is c o r o health dot com and you can find them on the internet you can also find a great app that they have um and the itunes store um, just go ahead and put in Coral Health app and Alzheimer's, and they should pop right up. Many people also ask me about trials, and there's a Tau trial on right now um, through the Alzheimer's Studies, and you can either Google Alzheimer's Studies or just go to alzheimerstudies.com, or they also have a Facebook page called the Alzheimer's Team, and that will get you to them. The Purple Angel Project with our friend Norms from across the pond. Of course, uh, I need to mention uh, it's a beautiful symbol. He is doing wonderful, wonderful things um, in terms of his his project, in terms of raising awareness. And so uh, purpleangel.org.uk will get you information on that. And then the Jiminy Wicket program, um, I'm actually going to be going out with James Creasy, who developed this adaptive croquet game. And we're going to be playing croquet at Rockefeller Center on September 20th for, for um, World Alzheimer's Month. So anyways, let me go ahead and introduce our first guest here. Um, I just got their product in the mail a little while ago, and it's absolutely fantastic. Um, Lifetimes, the game of reminiscing, um, was created by two sisters, Mary Jane and Carol McPhee, both who are retired teachers, and a third partner, Gord Adams. And they created this product in the fall of 2010. Lifetimes is a non-competitive conversation game designed to encourage 
reminiscing amongst seniors and caregivers. It's a box game, and it consists of 125 conversation cards, and they're really cool. I can't wait to talk about these. And each card contains four different reminiscing prompts. So it's really, really easy to use. They launched their prototype at the Ontario uh, Gerontology Association Conference just in May of 2011. And since then, they have gone on to produce games and market them across Canada and through a variety of channels, um, including trade shows, conferences, retail stores, and, of course, their own website. So if you're interested, please reach out to these gals because it is a really cool game. The company is also currently developing and researching various digital applications to better serve their customer base. Um, everybody's going digital, so I think that's a wise wise decision for them to do. Um, it is Lifetime's mission to enhance and support the health of players by providing quality experience which help deepen relationships, increase feelings of self-worth, preserve family history and legacy, which is so critical to all of us, and reduce stress. What is there not to like about this game? And they do this by getting us to share stories and memories um, accessed through their reminiscent process. So um, it's just with great pleasure that I am able to have uh, both Carol and Mary Jane with us today. Welcome, ladies. How are you? Hi, Lori. We're great. Good morning, Lori. Thanks for having us on the show. Well, I'm just so excited to have you here. I just, I absolutely adore your product. Um, I had told you earlier, my, my uh, daughter is an activities director, and um, she saw this and she's like, oh, this is so cool. We've got to get this. And wanted to bring it into work to show everybody. And I said, you can't until I'm done with my radio show because I wanted to make sure that I had the I had the game here while we were doing the show. But it is, it's a, you know, it's something I wish would have been available to me when my mom was in her earlier stages because it is um, such a neat, neat game. And really for, you know, so many ages and to be able to collect, help collect the stories and the history and the legacy. There's a lot I know that our family has lost because we, we weren't thinking that far ahead. You know, we just kind of let things play out. Um, but before we get started, I'm just going to ask, uh, and I'll point this to Carol first. Um, have have either of you two been personally touched by dementia um, with family or friends? Our audience always likes to hear um, and find out kind of your background. So, Carol? Yes, well, actually... <clears throat> Actually, um, our own mother was the inspiration and catalyst for us um, to create the game. She's in her late 80s, and she has mild to mid-stage dementia. And um, we were finding that our visits with her were becoming increasingly stressful just because of her frustration with um, day-to-day short-term memory and word retrieval and that kind of thing. And um, 
we were, I'll just tell you a little story. Uh, three years ago, we were um, taking Mary Jane's son to college up in northern Ontario, which is where my mother spent her childhood years. And we asked her if um, she remembered uh, the address of where she had lived as a child. And not only did she remember the address, but she was able to give us incredibly detailed instructions on how to find a place that she hadn't been to in 70 years. And we found the house, and we took photos and brought them to her, and um, that really uh, set off her reminiscing about her some of her um, early childhood years and sweet memories, and we just noticed what a positive effect it, it had on her, and that's that's kind of where we got the idea for the game. Wonderful. Well, I'm glad you did. I'm sorry that, that you and your family have had to trail down this path, but um, like I say all the time, there's always gifts on this path if we're willing to look for them. And to me, uh, you know, a huge gift that you guys are bringing to the world is sharing what worked for you as a family. And um, I, I just think it's 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 so neat to see the creativity that is out there and um, the entrepreneurship that is, is happening with this disease to create a better better environment. So so thank you, and thank your mom. Um, oh, for, yes, it's for really, it, it's changed um, our visits so much with her. Um, we always, we feel um, the game is, it's really more of a tool than a game. And mm-hmm. so we're always equipped with a, a question for reminiscence. Um, when we see our mom, if she's having a bad day, we really feel like it's something that we can draw on to, you know, shift the visit to a more positive place, which is really great. Oh, that's neat. Well, and I like that you use the word tool because it really is a tool to engage, um, but it's in a fun comfortable format and um you know and, and it is a game it is something that we're we normally you know do socialization with like kind of a trivia game and so forth um but it is so powerful because of the disease and the effects that um the disease can have on relationships and the loss of communication and the the fear of how to communicate and lack of understanding so there's so many things that this game um can teach us um and we'll we'll get into that a little bit a little bit later um Mary Jane can you tell us how how you did develop the actual concept into a product because we all have these brilliant ideas, but most people, you know, don't get as far as you have and have this beautifully packaged product and tool that's now on the market. So how did, how did you get from, from A to Z? Well, thank you for the compliment, Lori. Um, as uh, we mentioned, or you mentioned in the introduction, that Carol and I are, are both retired teachers. And, of course, once a teacher retires, they don't really retire. And throughout our life, we'd always had pro- projects on the go or things we'd like to develop, but we'd never had the time with the commitment of um, family and our job. So in that uh, fall of our both being retired, we put our heads together, and as Carol mentioned, we 
we began with that seed through our own mom, um, just noticing the change in her when she was able to access long-term memories. So being teachers, we found a little workspace in the basement of my home, which was being renovated at the moment, and we got up our chart paper and our sticky notes and our highlighter pens, and we just put our heads together. Um, The first pass through, as we tried to put a structure to the game, was a a much more trivia-based concept where we were researching different um, topics in the 50s, and we chose the 50s because we wanted to um, address people our mom's age who were young during the time and raising families, and also the baby boomers our own age um, because we were the caregivers. So we wanted a product that would resonate with that uh, twofold generation. Um, So we worked on different categories and did a lot of research in the time, and our first writing of the game was much more fact-based and... uh, The odd card that we wrote struck a chord with us when we hit the sweet spot, and we realized um, through the work that we were doing that actually it wasn't anything to do with the trivia of the time, but it was much more to do with the sweet moments of reminiscence and the emotional memory that we were hoping to unlock in our our playing with with Mom and, and hoping that we could pass that on. So we put together, um, oh, my gosh, we wrote for months and months and months. We were often in cafes around Toronto with our laptops, and we had so much fun writing. And uh, and also on napkins. and Yeah, whatever we could find, <laughs> always having an idea in mind. Uh, and we went away on a little writing retreat to Montreal on the train, which was a big thrill for us, and... It was that weekend where we finally broke through and tossed out all our old writing and realized what we really wanted to achieve with Lifetimes was not a trivia game, but a but an emotional uh, memory game. Um, and so we, we rewrote it totally, and um, and we've rewritten it many times since. But that was the actual sort of when the penny dropped for us. Um, and we... Um, as you know, Lori, from looking at the game, we used uh, vintage photographs as part of the prompt process, uh, particularly for the seniors. They love looking at the photographs, and most of them are our own family photographs from our upbringing and our childhood, and we've sort of coaxed friends and family for their old photographs, too. And when we brought on our very talented designer, I'm sure you will agree the look of the game is very vintage and evocative. Um, Gord, who happens to be my husband, (laughs) um, he helped us up with the look of the game. Uh, As far as the actual production of it, that was our biggest challenge. Trying to find a company that would produce a box in Canada is very difficult. Most work is done offshore now, and we were determined to keep it Canadian. So... Funnily enough, that was our biggest challenge, was trying to find someone who would make us a box. (laughs) But we persevered, and we got a box, and uh, we had a printer, and um, yeah, it turned into a game. And, um, you know, that was a labor of love for sure, and a ton of work, but Carol and I would both say we were never happier than having our cappuccino in a cafe and writing. Of course, people listening to us thought we were completely insane because they would overhear conversations about 
the pie card and <laughs> first bicycle. Yeah, I mean, it was really hilarious. And and we had a lot of support from our kids. We tried out stuff on them because we we felt we wanted um even though it was geared towards seniors and boomers, um they loved it. They would engage all the time and say, "What's a new card?" and then we'd end up playing with our 20-something-year-old kids too. So, had a lot of input from family and that was great fun. That sort of that's how it came into being, I think. Well, can you um can you tell us like your time frame from kind of conception to yeah, having your box made and actually being being a real live um product to be able to sell? How long did it take you? Well, we started writing that fall and we got um a prototype together. Um at I guess it was the spring by May we had a uh we were going to the dollar store and getting little mini gift boxes um because mm-hmm. we couldn't find a printer at that point we so we totally faked it we had our hus- my husband um do up the printing for the box cover which we stuck on a uh, kind of a shoe box from the dollar store with our logo and our our look and uh we made up one set of cards by hand we were spray painting the bottom of the box in the driveway <laughs> and that was our prototype that took us um till the spring to get the prototype and um and then we took the prototype to our launch at the gerontology conference and we completely faked that we had a game at that point because we really only had one Um, I'll turn it over to Carol because she's going to talk about the launch. (laughs) Okay, great. great. Um, Well, at the the gerontology conference, we had um, decided that we would just um, get a a table in the... Oh, did we lose you? We'll see if they come back here. Are you there? Well, we'll see if we can hear them. I am not hearing anything. So, I don't know if they can call them here, but apparently we're having a difficulty. Well, I'm not hearing them, so I think we've got um, a bad connection. I know they had gotten cut off once, and maybe we'll have to get them to call back in here because I am not hearing a thing. So, in the meantime, I'm going to go ahead and um, just fill in some air here, and hopefully they will um, call back in. They might not know that we can't hear them, so we'll see what happens here. I don't know if any of you were able to watch the um the program today on NBC with Maria Shriver, but it was quite uh, quite interesting on Alzheimer's, and it sounds like all week they are going to be having a uh, a program focused on Alzheimer's disease and dementia. And this morning they had uh, some very interesting. Co-
comments, um, and they talked to a multitude of people. They had George uh, from Us Against Alzheimer's on, who actually I thought did a brilliant job in terms of talking about um, the difference in terms of funding. He was talking about uh, $6 billion for cancer, $3 billion for AIDS, and only $500 million for Alzheimer's disease. Pretty significant difference. And he made a little soundbite about uh, trying to remove the fear and getting people educated on um, getting a checkup from the neck up, which I thought was a kind of a cute little saying. But he was really talking about changing fear um, into engagement. Uh, there was also an, uh, an AIDS ad activist that was talking about um, you know, how they raised money for AIDS was people really got enraged and protest and and uh that was quite uh, quite significant for their funding. And it looks like the looks like our gals are back here, so let me see if I've got them back online. Here yeah, we're, yes, here. We're, we're, we're we're back. we we got lost there for a minute. I'll try and remember where I left off and I believe I was uh talking about some um, the response that um, we received after this um, newspaper interview. Um, I'm going to I'm going to cut cut in for just a second because I don't. Sometimes you can't always hear when you get cut off, and when we really launched you was almost when we started the question about talking about your launch product. And so, if you want to start from from your you know the launch at the conference and what the response was from the beginning, that would be great. Okay. That's great. Okay, and hopefully we'll hopefully we'll stay connected. And uh, and yep. I I'm just going to ask: Am I doing the right thing when I call back? No, <laughs> no, no. To... That was that was great because um, yeah, I we couldn't we couldn't hear you, and so we thought that, that was sound, and we thought, well, that's not good, so we'll try it again. So yep, if it nope, happens again, we'll, we'll do it again. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's great. pretty rare when it happens, but it's your lucky day, I guess. I <laughs> that's okay. Well, I'll just pick up where um we left off and I was um saying that we had a um a table in the exhibit hall of the um Ontario Gerontology Association annual conference and we were there with our prototype and um we were just inundated um, by positive response from people working in the um, aging field, um, rec therapists, um, personal support workers, um, directors of seniors' residences. And um, at the end of the weekend-long conference, where we talked nonstop, <laughs> um, we came away with uh, hundreds of pre-orders um, for people that wanted to purchase the game, not only for work, um, but for their mother, for their grandmother, for their cottage. Um, so we realized at that point that we, um, we, we had a responsibility and an obligation to actually produce the game and uh, provide it for these people that seemed so eager to have that kind of a tool. Um, also, at, during the conference, we were interviewed um, by someone from the Toronto Star, which is a national Canadian newspaper. And she did a wonderful article about us and our game and left an email contact at the end of the article. And by the following morning, 
um, we had our Gmail open, and we were flooded by personal responses from people, most of them interested in how they could get the game, but some people just needing to tell their story of a parent or a family member who had suffered from Alzheimer's um, or they were, you know, currently dealing with a parent with dementia. And I, I, I tear up still when I think about some of those letters. One of our favorites was uh, a woman who wrote in and, oh, here we go. This is where Carol and I start to cry. <laughs> she wrote in and she said her dad had passed on, but he, they had constantly stuffed his pockets with little pieces of paper with questions they were hoping that his personal care maker or provider might ask him so that he could remember his life and his stories because he loved that so much. And she said this was something that would have changed their life. Sorry to butt in. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, that's so it, Yeah. Yeah, and we did, you know, we personally responded to every single one of those emails and um uh and and then from from there and I'll let Mary Jane take over with the next step of what happened, but we have always felt um that this project has been a labor of love. Um it's you know, if we make a little money in the process, that that's fine, but it's never been, um, the project has never been motivated by um, making money. It has been about just uh, providing a tool for families and um, caregivers that can just ease the burden a little bit. Well, and I think, you know, there are so many of us out there that, you know, it's, I mean, the money is nice, and you want to get paid for your time if possible. Um, but when people are in the trenches with this disease, they see the lack of resources and the need for them. And I just, I love talking with people like you who have just, you know, bellied up to the bar and said, you know what, I, I can make a difference here. I can share a tool that's worked for us so that, you know, it can help the next guy out. And I think this disease is here to teach us so many wonderful lessons in terms of being supportive and getting out of our comfort zones and really this whole greater good concept because this game, you know, this tool was so much bigger than just your family. And you saw that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it, we actually um, we were able to get some support just because of that um, through um, a startup accelerator in Ontario here called Mars, uh, and we were part of their social innovation um, department because they could see the bigger application for this product. So, uh, wow, we were so honored to be taken on as a client with them, um, and they were certainly helpful in, you know, getting us uh, support with market intelligence and all our legal, trademark, and intellectual property things. Um, and we learned a lot uh, about business at that point, too. Carol and I knew nothing about business. So um, just being part of the social innovation generation over there, uh, we learned how to make a business plan and marketing strategies. We learned how to pitch, and we learned what a value proposition was and all sorts of cool things like that. But um, it, we were always, you know, kept reinforcing, as you were saying, Lori, that the, the bigger picture here 
was um, always with that in mind and how to make a difference in, in these lives. And, and of course, we were, you know, we had the, the bonus of always witnessing that with our own mom. So we knew we weren't just kind of making something up. It was uh, clear to us and clear to people who were using our game with their parents and, um, you know, that it, it really did have a, an impact on on the seniors with suffering along with, you know, their challenges. Um, in our own mom's experience at her home, one of the sweetest things that happened was Carol and I went in in the early days to lead a workshop just to, you know, give it the test with some, a real group of elderly people. And um, we had a, a great time with them, and we left the game with them, and their uh, rec director used it. And um, the sweetest feedback we got was, uh, well, when we arrived, they were all seated so quietly. As you notice when you go into seniors' residences, they're often, like, absolutely still and so quiet. Uh, and by the end of our session, we were having a complete riot, and there was lots of laughter and a few tears. And when we left, there were little clusters of people just sitting so close together and roaring in laughter and having such important social sharing time on a really deep level. Because until, you know, the opportunity to talk about their life stories, they really were strangers who lived together, and it's kind of a weird situation. And the follow-up with that, um, you know, really sticks with me. It's our our mom says, and everyone else says, um, after they play lifetimes, what sticks is she said, we we're friends now. We feel like like we're friends, and we can ask about one another's lives because the the ice has been broken, um, and everybody has a, a rich and uh, wonderful life story to tell, but you need the opportunity to do so. Well, you know, it's it's interesting because um, that you say that because these cards can be used in so many different ways. I mean, I, I think of going to a conference and they're always looking for an icebreaker and how do you get people to talk, and, and that's exactly what these cards do. They get mm-hmm. you engaged on a level that you wouldn't have otherwise. And you you learn about somebody instead of just talking about the weather or something that nobody really cares about. Um, you it's really so get true. to know something intimate um, about them. And, and with that, you know, as as that conversation occurs, you get to see their their animation and their excitement or their sadness or whatever is drawn to them through that card. Um, you get to experience a piece of their life with them, and and they're allowed to share that in a safe environment. That's just massively huge. Massively and, and it's huge. something that uh, doesn't stop because once you've opened up the door between people, you know, to to talk about their first date and to talk about their wedding dress and talk about, you know, how their family came to Canada or whatever. Like you, you don't end up putting that back away you just build on it and we know so many seniors even though they might live in a residence they do generally live in social isolation um, in terms of deep and meaningful relationships and you know in our reading we we um, you know we're certainly not experts in the field or anything but we do understand that like a deep relationship is critical to faring well and uh, we just hope we make a little small difference in that regard 
Well, can you, um, and I, I, I'll put this to, I'm going to throw it to Carol, and then I'll have Mary Jane do one too. Carol, can you tell me one of your favorite cards? Uh, yes, I I, uh, I have one in front of me. Uh, first of all, I'll just mention that um, in the game we have five categories um, uh, based on day-to-day life in the 1950s, and um, the categories are family life, food and recipes, leisure time, love and romance, and fashion. So the card that I have pulled... Um, is a card from uh, the family life category. And um, each card begins with a little prompt just to kind of set the tone for what the topic is going to be in the card. And the prompt for this card is, home is where the heart is. And the the first question, um, um, so there's four types of questions. We start with a very simple trivia just to kind of, you know, pump the memory a little bit, which we call call-up. So on this card, the call-up is list some different styles of home architecture. And the second uh, level of questioning, um, which goes a little bit deeper into a personal memory, uh, we call think back. And this one um, is close your eyes and take a walk through your family home. Choose a room and help us imagine it. My mom loved doing this one. And then the third um, level of questioning is where the storytelling comes in, the real reminiscence, and we call this paint the scene. And this one says, uh, describe a memorable homecoming. Who came home? Where had they been? What were the circumstances? I always tear up at this card. (laughs) And then the fourth um, type of question um, is called Let's Talk, and it's kind of a discussion-based question. And this one is discuss what home means to you. Now, what we love about the game is depending on the, um, the functioning ability of, you know, the the person that you are using the game with, you can modify the questions. You can choose one question from the card. You might just look at the photographs. There are many ways that you can adapt the game depending on who your audience is. So there's one one example. Well, one of the things that I, I want to note is on the other side of the card, like you had mentioned earlier, there are photos too, which I just love these old photos. Um, <laughs> and and I think it was brilliant the way you have designed the card to use four different touch points where people are, you know, going to be going to different spots in their memory, um, and that they can use different ways to to have a conversation. And there's, like you said, there's no right or wrong way. They're not getting scored on this, um, right. and you know, it is adaptable to the person that you're meeting with. So if someone likes to kind of paint that picture more, you know, maybe those are the questions that you utilize with them if that really gets them out of the shell. So as as a participant, you know, you want to I would imagine you want to be evaluating what triggers them. You know, what gets that glint in their eye going? What carries that conversation a little bit more? And then um you can you can lean your questions that way. 
Um, it, it, w would that be accurate to say, Mary Jane, in terms of uh, people, you know, there really aren't any rules per se that this, the game can really be flexible to meet somebody's needs? Did we lose you again? I can't believe it. I don't know what is going on. We're going to have to probably have them call in again because I am not hearing a thing. So hopefully they will call right back in. We've got our connection going um, between us uh, from the U.S. to Canada, which typically isn't a problem, but for whatever reason, we are having having an issue with it, which is too bad. So um, while they call back in, I'm going to go ahead and kind of con continue my filler conversation on the NBC special that was today with Maria Shriver. And, um, oops, here they're back again. We'll, we'll get to that Hi later. Again. <laughs> okay. Well, this I'm is getting unusual. good at this. We're getting, we're, we're getting bounced, but you guys are coming right back. So, so that's great. Uh, apologize for the difficulties, but technology okay. at its finest. You just never yeah. know. Um, and if there's one thing that no. dementia teaches us, uh -oh. it's tolerance <laughs> to go with the flow. So um, my question was just saying that these cards can really be um, tweaked and utilized in a lot of different fashions to be able to meet the needs of the person that you're dealing with and that there really aren't rules per se in terms of, you know, you got a point um, for answering that um that question is that correct or, or am that, I? That's true, and uh, we find that the facilitators working with groups know their their clients really well. And if they're working with a group that's predominantly men, they can pick cards that would hold their interest, or based on the level of their um, challenges too. You know, they can simplify things. They can just pick one question if they'd like to. Most people find it's, uh, you know, we've got 125 cards, but usually um, two cards will take hours because you can go, um, you know, for hours and hours just on one question because you continue to elaborate on stories. So, you know, the card plants the seed and, and the story plays out itself. But, um, you know, most people are using our game in the healthcare field at the moment. We figure about 80% of our sales are to uh, seniors' care facilities. So it mostly is a facilitated play. Um, and also um, people are purchasing it to do family memoir as a, a, a jump-off point for family stories. Um, one of the favorite ways our mom uses it is just... Um, by herself she just loves to hold the cards in her hand and look at a photograph or read a question and just quietly reminisce by herself and we found that um if we do happen to have the game in um a residence quite often a family wants to purchase one for their their own parent just to have in in their room so uh, i know mom loves to do that by the hour uh again it puts them into a, a beautiful space in their own mind when they're they're remembering, you know, times past, and uh, it's it's one application. So, yeah, wonderful, um, Mary Jane. We also, do you have a we, we also oh, had the opportunity at one point because 
you know, we have been um, asked the question, you know, not every memory is a good memory. There are, you know, there are people, well, most people have had, you know, something happened in their past that isn't necessarily a positive memory and, you know, how do we deal with that? And we we were invited uh, about a year ago um, to do a presentation at a senior's residence in Toronto and about 75% of their population um, were um, Auschwitz survivors. And the rec therapist called us and said, you know, these people are getting into their 90s and they have not wanted to talk about their experience and they are now wanting to talk. And your game seems to be, you know, a great tool. So they were um, doing a lifetimes group, but it was much more kind of a therapeutic approach. And it was um, it was really, that was kind of a... a a different experience for us, but it also made us realize that you know there were other other uses for the game as well. Uh, it's also well, being used in um, palliative care at one of our leading um, cancer hospitals here in Toronto, just for families to do their own uh, reminiscing together with a you know a loved one. So yeah, you know there are probably lots of applications we haven't even thought of. Um, you know, some memoirists are using them as writing prompts, and who knows? I mean, yeah, we haven't even scratched the surface, I don't think. Well, it is um, it is endless you know, on how they can be used, and I, I love that, you know, they're being used for people to talk about difficult things because that needs to be released when the time is right for them. You know, it's mm-hmm. a great, um, casual, again, safe tool that uh, creates an intimate setting of engagement. And a lot of times we don't there? feel that. I'm here. Are you guys Okay. <laughs> we missed you. <laughs> there we go again. It's like, is it a full moon in the middle of the day or what? Yeah. The- oh, well. We're getting through it. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it's, <clears throat> it, you know, it's just a great way to help people connect and you know, with palliative care and hospice, I mean, people are so lost on what to say, and that's the mm-hmm. same thing with people with dementia. They just they just don't know what to say. It's like we all of a sudden forgot how to communicate because we get so devastated by the disease, and we let it yeah. take away our core of our relationship. and And your game mm-hmm. is bringing back core relationships and connections, mm-hmm. which is. It, it certainly provides a, a little spark. The, the funniest things can spark a memory, as we all know. And, and what's interesting is that we, you know, people aren't aware of how intact a long-term memory might be until they're given that opportunity to unlock it. And, mm-hmm. and usually, it isn't an, an emotional question which will do that. You know, the baby card, remembering bringing home your baby from the hospital. I mean, that's such a beautiful memory for somebody to unlock if if they haven't had a chance to revisit it, you know? Exactly. Well, I I just, I I absolutely love the cards. Mary Jane, did you have a favorite card you wanted to share? Sorry, I didn't hear that. (laughs) Did did you have a favorite card that you'd like to share with people? 
Um, I, I really like the um, immigration card. We live in such a multicultural city here in Toronto. Um, this one resonates with many people in seniors' care. So the prompt is actually the song, My Bonnie Lies Over the Ocean, My Bonnie Lies Over the Sea, My Bonnie Lies Over the Ocean, Oh, Bring Back My Bonnie to Me. And I like this one. It's got a little U.S. history, too, because uh, the call-up question is, what landmark welcomed new immigrants as they approached New York City Harbor? Um, and then the Think Back, uh, people have fun with this one. It's try and name some foods which originated from afar. So that's always a good discussion when you get into food. And then the paint the scene or the reminiscent storytelling question um, says, where did your ancestors originate? And tell us your family's story of their journey. Why did they leave? Where were they headed? And what was the outcome? And that's a rich vein for most uh uh, the Let's Talk, the discussion question, then goes into uh, how does your family keep cultural traditions alive? So people love talking about what they do um, in their own family. So I, I love that card. People enjoy it. Great. I pulled out a couple that I, I just thought were really fun. Um, under your love and romance category, it says, a recipe for a dating disaster. Pick up a bad pickup <laughs> line, a bad dancer, a bad kisser, or just a bad date. And I think, oh, my gosh, we could talk on this all day long. Because those oh, and, yeah. And how, and how funny would that be, you know? And then the call-up, it says, what do you do to call a date arranged by someone else um, with someone you've never met? Um, the think right. back, it's got Carol, Chuck, Phil, Joan, Rachel, and Gary. Try to remember some first names of people you've dated and then care <laughs> to elaborate on any of those. And then you paint the scene. What are some tricks for escaping a dating disaster? Have you ever had to use one? And That's a riot. Oh, yeah. And then the let's talk is times have changed in the dating world. How would you meet someone today? And if they've figured oh, yes. that out, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just, I, that's cute. These cards yeah, lots are, of fun there. Yeah, they are just very, very um, creative. You guys have done a wonderful job with them. In the, the food and recipe Thanks. sections, um, you know, one was talking about opening up the holiday baking tin. You know, what was in it? Yeah. You know, I mean, we all have those kind of holiday tr um, traditions. And, you know, what were brand names of flour that was used for baking? I mean, you know, it's just, it's incredible the thought you guys have put into these and the conversations um, that will come from yeah. them. They're just beautifully, Thank you. We did try thought. and introduce um, the use of senses because we, un you know, we know that uh, the sense of smell in particular is so evocative. If we could uh, have somebody, you know, think back to a, a smell of their childhood, we have in the new um, app that we're putting out, we have uh, one on flowers and one on berry picking and certain things that are really evocative of, of the senses, the taste and touch and smell because we... And sound. And sound. We rely so much just on our sight. So we uh, dove into that a little bit deeper in the new game. So hopefully that's going to be well received. 
Well, I'm I'm sure it will be. I I wish you could come up with a kind of a scratch and sniff thing. <laughs> well, you know, we did too. <laughs> and actually, you know, we we talked about that in our really uh, initial um, stages of our kind of brainstorming what what we wanted this to be because. Um, my background as a teacher was in early primary, and of course it, it is, you know, multisensory the way you approach teaching with young children. And we, you know, we're thinking uh, in many ways it's not that different um, with someone, you know, in the last stages of their life that um, the sort of multisensory approach is, and, and you know, we're, we're reading articles now you know, just that there are, like, Montessori-approached um, elder care programs. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, so maybe our next project will be Scratch and Sniff. <laughs> uh-huh. Like. Well, this would, yeah, this and this would be great in, in Montessori, too, I would think. Um, mm-hmm. And I can introduce you to some people if you're if you're looking for some introductions for that, too. I'd be, that would um, be great. more than glad to, to connect you there. Um so, you know, right now you've got you've got the game um in the box and you're working on some some digital stuff. Do you foresee another game coming out or are you just going to kind of keep going with this one and try to grow it and and brand it a little bit more and Yeah, we well, the next phase for us is the release of our iOS app which will be out sometime before Christmas, which is basically lifetimes um Re, rewritten uh, with a little bit different slant. Um, you know, this the box game was our first uh, vision, and this one's a little more in-depth, and, and we think the writing is a little more evocative. And also on the app, um, each card has its own photograph, so there are actually 125 different photographs. Um, so it's currently coming out for iPad and iPhone, and we're also working on a web-based um app as well. So it would be um, really convenient for a rec therapist to put it through the computer up onto the big screen and everyone could play one card at a time. So for now, we're focusing on that. We've uh, partnered with the local, um, one of the colleges here in town, um, the um, Sheridan Elder Research Center has taken us on as a partner and they've been providing us with a lot of um, studies on on the game and ways we can um, just tweak it a little bit. So they've done usability studies and uh, um, comparison studies. And also it's going to be, our new app is going to be used with their gerontology students for the iPad this fall. So 30 gerontology students will be uh, field testing it, working with their uh, practicum in gerontology, so we're ex- really super excited, excited about, that. about that. So we've got lots on the go at the moment. Um, uh, yeah, we're always thinking of new things to do. We're just getting rolling here. Well, this is this is really exciting. Please keep me posted when you when you launch um, into to iTunes and things like that. And um, because this is just a absolutely fabulous pro, um, product, and I will be talking this up when I go Thanks. out and speak. Uh, I, and Thank also, you. I'm thinking this would be a great resource for the memory cafes. Um, yes, and absolutely. I, and I, and, 
and I might just if if it's okay with you add a link to our we're just we're getting ready to roll out our our new site. I keep saying that we keep getting delayed, but I'm hoping this week for sure we're so close I can taste it. <laughs> but um I, this would be an absolutely fabulous fabulous tool for engaging for the memory cafes. And um <clears throat> so I I I think that I I might just stick a link on that page. Um we've got some short a list of resources and I think this would be a beautiful tool for people to be able to tap into uh there as well. So um and and as well as the, of course the resource directory as a whole but this is it, this is a fabulous fabulous project and I thank you guys so much for all the work you've done to pull this together your your love and um your determination and your creativity really really shows through on this so thank you very very much and it looks like they disconnected again <laughs> So I won't say goodbye uh, to them, but I will give everybody the website address, which is www.lifetimesthegame.com. Again, that's lifetimesthegame.com. Oh, they're back again. So <laughs> we, we're in for the just, end. I know, I know. I've never I had any, anybody um, disconnect so much. So um, I was just giving people your, your website, and your Twitter you. handle is at okay. Lifetimes Game. And yes. if you want to call, the number is 416-691-3735. That's 416 416- Six nine one three seven three five. Just wait till they're off the air so they don't get bumped again. <laughs> yes. And do we want to give? Uh, we can give a, an email address as well if sure. people want to contact us um, through email. And it's Carol at lifetimesthegame dot com. And if they'd like to be put onto our contact list for the app release, we're always happy to uh, put them into our database. We're sending out a newsletter shortly, and we have a brand-new website going up imminently. So um, that will be exciting as well. Well, Uh, And uh, actually, on the uh, new website, we'll have uh, Carol and I are having a blog. So that's going to be a blog mostly geared to, you know, being – children of a of an elderly person with dementia so i'm sure there'll be a lot of your viewers who can relate to that blog and it's pretty funny at times <laughs> yeah well and it would be great to even just you know if you're if you're able to get testimonials from people who use this mm-hmm. um yeah. people would be wonderful because uh i i think the response i i think it'll just be contagious um, thank you. It's just a great, thank you so much, Lori. Great, great job. Well, thank you for being with us, and I, I appreciate your tenacity with calling back in. And like I said, I usually we don't get dropped like we did today, but uh, it was, uh, I don't know, it was the way it. it was supposed to be, I guess. So thank you both so much, and you guys have a thank great you. week, okay? Our thank pleasure. Thanks, Lori. Bye now. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye now. Before I introduce our next guest, 
I want to uh, just highlight a few things for you. Um, our last radio show was on recharging your brain um, through lifelong learning, and we had Carol Hoffner on, and she's got a program called Science for Seniors, which is quite fascinating, too, and is very engaging uh, for all people, but those with dementia as well. Our next radio show will be next Tuesday, and we're going to have the Alzheimer's um, Prevention and Research Foundation on, and we're also going to have James Creasy with Jiminy Wicket, which is an adaptive croquet game on. In fact, James and I are going to be out at Rockefeller Center on September 20th playing Jiminy Wicket, so if you're in the area, stop on by. Our last Dementia Chats was on the 27th, and we had a great conversation with our experts who have dementia, and we talked about um, a lot of questions were posed by our audience that day. Um, they wanted to know, is, ex is exhaustion uh, an early sign of dementia? Uh, we talked about weather and temperature changes and how that affects them. Uh, Dina moved to a new home in a new area, and so she gave some tips for that and told us how things were going. Uh, Steve is caring for his parents, and he also has dementia, and so how that affects him. And then we had a conversation about family and friends in denial. We had one young woman call in. I believe she was diagnosed at the age of 38, so quite young, and people just aren't very accepting of her disease. And um, and then Michael Ellenbogen's book um, was released, From the Corner Office to Alzheimer's. So uh, you can check that out on our website, or you can go to Dementia Chats on Facebook to get the link there. And our next session will be next Tuesday, the 10th. And that'll be at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, our regular time. And then just a couple of blog posts that I want to highlight. There is a beautiful one that I just posted yesterday, and it's really a love story about a husband and a wife and Alzheimer's disease and a bike. And this man, uh, like Carol and Mary Jane, created something to engage and so he added a, a a chair basically to his bike in the front because he and his wife used to ride bikes a lot. And it's just a gorgeous story and, again, a wonderful product to be able to get somebody out and about if they're, if they're able to participate. Um, Senior Guide USA has a radio program called Your Senior Moment, and they did an interview with me on the 28th, so I posted that as well. And then uh, Gary LeBlanc, um, you know, is working so diligently on his Alzheimer's and Dementia Hospital wristband program, and there's such neat things going on with that. So if you want more information about that, you can find that on the blog as well. Again, um want to mention if you just joined us, if you're looking for an Alzheimer's association anywhere in the world, you can go to Alzheimer's Disease International, and uh, you'll be able to find the association closest to you. Uh, music First with Coral Health has some great music programs uh, to help people with dementia. The Lewy Body Association 
um, you know, is it, that's a different type of dementia that has specific needs, and they just do a wonderful job engaging and and um, connecting people to resources. And then, of course, the Tau studies, which you can find on Facebook on the Alzheimer's team, or you can go to alzheimerstudies.com. And last, I'll just, uh, again, put a, a plug in for Norms McNamara with his Purple Angel Project. I'm just so proud of him and all he has done to make this global symbol and uh, how he has shared it with all of us. So our second guest is with us, and hopefully our connection will be better than uh, what we had for our first guest. I'm not quite sure what happened there. But uh, we will plug on forward, and Jane Snyder has um, enough tenacity, so I know we're not going to lose her no matter what happens um, with our connection here. Jane has a BSBA in marketing and a MBA, both from the University of Denver. She has spent most of her career in the financial industry establishing herself as a consumer credit expert. She has held positions as Chief Credit Officer at the U.S. institutions such as Bank of America and international institutions such as ABN, AMRO, and Amsterdam. She is an entrepreneur and the founder of Puzzle With Me, which is entering now its fourth year of business. Um, Jane is also, you know, a widow and has three boys that reside in Park City, Utah, and I'm just so excited to have her with us. How are you doing today, Jane? I am absolutely perfect. How are you, Lori? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We had some kind of goofy connection for our first half of the show, and I've never had it disconnects so much, so I'm hoping um, that we'll be okay here. My my internet looks like it's okay, but Lord only knows. So, um, <laughs> you know, such such is uh, the world of technology. And like I said earlier, if dementia teaches us one thing, it is tolerance and and perseverance <laughs> in terms of connecting. So, that is the James, truth. Jane, I absolutely love your puzzles and and the name Puzzle with Me. Can you tell us um, before we get into your product, why did you become involved in Alzheimer's? Did you just decide to do this one day, or did it come knocking at your door? Well, like for you, it came knocking at my door. Um, my mother was um, diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And she lived with Alzheimer's for many, many years. And in fact, we're, we're not really sure how many years um, because many of us around her were in denial. And we really didn't want to say the word. We didn't want to really talk about it. And therefore, we didn't look for resources. We chose to um, care for my mother in the home, aging in place. And, and therefore... Um, it was kind of a very secure and somewhat secluded environment. And, you know, as the years went on and the disease progressed, you know, certainly um, I missed my mother more and more. And I missed those phone calls who say, oh, my God, you're not going to believe what the boys did today. Or what was that special recipe? What was that ingredient? 
and connecting was harder and the phone calls were harder and the conversations became uh, more difficult. And I, probably somewhat more selfishly, really needed to find another way to connect. Mm-hmm. And I began to look for ways to connect with her. And this is probably more as we entered the middle stages. And um, that's where it came upon me that I had to get more and more involved. Because I realized that my mother is your mother, or your father, or your uncle, or your loved one. There wasn't really no difference. We were all in this together. And I began to do research and understand that this disease it certainly wasn't discriminatory. It was that's worldwide. For sure. That's for yeah. sure. And and I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions, you know, that people have really categorized this to an old person's disease. And like you said, this is a worldwide, um, you know, it takes all prisoners, you know, of all ages. Oh, yeah. Um, I just had someone the other day call in uh, or join us on Dementia Chats who was 38 and just got diagnosed. And, you know, I've heard people as young as in their 20s. So, you know, this is something we have to be educated. We have to learn how to uh, live with this disease like we, we have. We pause there for a moment. Are we together? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, no. Lori? Oh, I'm here. Oh, okay. I don't know I'm... if you heard me. We had a little bit of a, a pause. Oh, see, I'm not, it must be at my end, and I'm not hearing it, so, which is horrible. Okay. Uh, so I apologize on that. Uh, my internet connection says it's strong. I don't know what's going on here, but um, I'm, I'm looking at switching internet providers as soon as we get our host pulled together, back together from our fire, but I, I can't switch until okay. I... I get all rearranged here, so I apologize to our listeners for that. Um, well, it could be me because I'm up in the mountains, so oh, I hope not. Yeah, you, you just never know. Just never know. But um, yeah, it 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 uh, this disease takes whoever it wants to take, and so as a society, we have to learn how to how to deal with this, how to live with this, like we have cancer and uh, AIDS and heart disease and, and so many others uh, with that. So um, when you were with your mom, did you start doing puzzles with her? Is that how this all got started? Well, actually, no. I mean, she was very much a, a large part of it, but how it started was... Um, as I began to search for something to engage with her, I mean, it wasn't in my mind, oh, I'm going to do a puzzle, but I happened to be visiting my son, and I was walking by in a particular store, and, and there I saw on the window a puzzle. And mm-hmm. I thought, well, well, geez, this this could be interesting. And I went in, and I purchased it, and I happened to be flying back to the United States because I was working overseas at that time, raising my children. And it was uh, a little bit more complicated, and it was very juvenile. And I said, you know, let's just take this home. So I did. It happened to be a, a farm scene, and it was about 36 pieces, and it was very juvenile. And, and Mom and I, we did sit down upon my return, and she did kind of enjoy it. We looked, we laughed, we put the pieces down together. But it was a little too young, and quite frankly, 36 pieces was a little too much. Her attention span could not handle 36 pieces. 
So when I came back to Europe, we started doing all the research. And what I found was there were two types of puzzles on the market. Your traditional puzzle, which would be childlike, one, two, three, teaching them the numbers, how to count, or colors that were large pieces, small numbers, and particularly, you know, themes like Disney, uh, certainly not appropriate, I felt, for the senior market. And then your second type of puzzle would be your adult puzzle, which were hundreds of pieces and tiny little pieces out of a very thin material. Again, certainly not appropriate for the market that I was looking at. I did research on uh, the Internet. I did research everywhere. And I really couldn't find what I was looking for. And I had certain objectives of what I needed or what I felt would be appropriate. And, And that included the size of the puzzle, the puzzle pieces, the safety of it, the quality of it, you know, keeping in mind the maturity, the dignity, and the respectfulness of the image. The image had to be culturally appropriately uh, addressed, and I needed to have images in which could be, um, have multiple conversational themes around. And, um, and of course, we wanted the attention span. So I literally started making puzzles and trying them out and over and over and over again. And the first few were disasters. 48 pieces that typically you would make it a Photoshop, very thin, came in a bag. And I first I said to myself, could I even put it together? And they were, in fact, photos of my children. And I would send this to the United States. I would try to do it myself. And they were disasters. And then I would move to 36 pieces. And then I would move to wood. Then I would move to foam. And finally, I moved to 12. And I was sending these back home to my mother while working in a nursing uh, facility in Holland, while working with friends of mine who had parents that had dementia or Alzheimer's, whether in Holland or Belgium or in London. And at the same time, I was becoming involved with Mark Vortman, who is the executive director of Alzheimer's Disease International, who is a wonderful man and has done wonderful things uh, for the cause worldwide in creating awareness. And through him, I met people, and we began the testing. So my mother was very, very, very involved in, in the puzzle and in testing them. And when we finally got down to four or five images, and we got down to the 12. At one point, she had five and six just sitting in the living room, and we were doing them all the time, or even for redirection. When the day-to-day tasks became too much, and at any point in time, at any point in day, routines can be a little bit um, difficult, and we would just sit down and do a puzzle, 15, 20 minutes, break up the the routine, and then we could go on to the next task. So to answer your question, yes, my mother was very involved. Yeah, it, it, for all of us, I think, you know, it, it comes from that that place within us that just says there's got to be a better way. There's got to be an easier way is, is how everything gets created through through this disease, like the last ladies um, with their lifetimes games, you know, it was 
trying to engage their mom and trying to have a better life for her and and um you know make people comfortable and have it intergenerational and uh there's so many things that the care um caregivers and care partners see that it, it seems like the large organizations don't um in terms of what is truly needed on the ground in the trenches <laughs> with the disease and i know that they're raising a lot of um a lot of money and stuff for that but I, it's it's it, i find it ironic that a lot of these tools are being developed by everyday joes that are just yeah dealing with it well, and particularly if you're aging in place in the home, you don't have organized activities. Mm-hmm. And it just kills me to see someone plopped in front of a TV all day. It just kills me. Yeah. Or even when you go into a residence, depending on the stage, I mean, they're really not engaged in banging on a drum. And often mm-hmm. you'll see them, again, plopped in front of a TV. Or if they have perhaps a puzzle table, it's the caregiver doing it. Because it's a yep. hundred pieces, yep, or a guest, and so I really was looking for an activity that is one on one engaging mm-hmm. a short yep. activity that requires the power of touch. It's amazing mm-hmm. if you touch somebody finger to finger, placing a puzzle piece, looking them in the eye, that engagement is so powerful and is so rewarding. It's just beautiful. Yep. It also gives the caregiver a respite. Mm -hmm. We all need little breaks in our day. And it's an activity that even a grandchild can do. It's cross-generational. Yeah. Don't you think it gives both just that peace and comfort of being in a relationship instead of being... Being a disease or being with someone who has a disease, you bypass that and you get back to the core of the relationships that are lost through this disease. And I know that sounds really silly to some who may may not have been touched by this, but but the way we work in this society is we become the disease or we become a person taking care of someone with a disease. And that's not who we are and that's not who they are. You know, we're a person first and, and your game allows that to be normal again. Um, it might be modified, you know, to a new normal, but it allows to it allows that relationship to exist. You know, that is just so true. Um, and, you know, when sometimes I observe, and again, through Alzheimer's Disease International, I've been able to travel many, many countries and many, many cultures and see Alzheimer's. And it, it's just amazing. We, we do become the disease, and we forget they are people. They might do things that are out of character. And, you know, they're not children. They're mm-hmm. wonderful, mature adults that most likely have children who have had children. Mm-hmm. They just have serious memory challenges. Yeah. But they're not children well, and should not be treated as that. Well, and and you said um, 
you know, that they're, they're not, you know, the disease. And we're not a caregiver. That's not who we are first. That is just a role we have taken on. But um, so many times, and, and I'm guilty of this too, because it, it's kind of what society says we're supposed to do, but we take it on as our primary role. And we lose ourselves. We lose. We lose our personhood, as Bill Thomas would say. And we lose their personhood. You know, we need to be people first, and then deal with the disease second. Um, you know, and and if we're putting, if we're putting ourselves first, um, then we're not going to lose the relationship. You know, we're not going to lose the core. But I, I know, I mean, there are few people that I know who have gone through this disease who have not lost themselves, either being diagnosed or caring for someone. Um, if they if they have an honest conversation, they will say, I, I you know, I've lost myself, you know, because it's just, it's so encompassing you know of our life it's it's um and and we we put things of importance that aren't necessarily that important to the person but we as a society we think that they are and um we become that role and and like with any job you need a break you know there's laws on how long you can work <laughs> um that but we is don't, the truth but we don't apply that and so a puzzle with me allows people to, you know, take back kind of that personhood and and just be in the moment and not have to worry about the pills or the meals or the laundry or the doctor's appointments um, or trying to keep somebody busy but actually really truly being engaged one-on-one together. And having that that wholeness that it brings of of just um, I mean you can sit with somebody and still feel lonely, or you can really be engaged with somebody and feel connected. And I think that's the big difference of you know putting an activity in front of um, a caregiver and a person with dementia. And like you said so many times, and I hear this all the time from my Memory Cafe group, in fact, someone brought it up the other day. They're like, oh, yeah, they do activities, but I end up doing the activity because my wife can't. But everybody thinks it's great. But it really, we've left her out. She's sitting there watching me. No, that that wasn't the point, you know, of this whole thing. And you've really analyzed um, how to engage and... um, so tell us about your your puzzles in terms of of you know size and pieces and and um and pictures and why you've designed them the way you have Jane. Sure, I'd be happy to. Um they're 12 pieces and they're 12 they're very thick. They're 3 millimeters thick, which is quite thick. And each piece is different in the sense that the background, you will never have two blue pieces. So it's easier to manipulate. And with the thickness of the of the pieces, they can be handled very, very easily. Also, we also know from research that it's very difficult to keep 
individual's hands very clean or their nails. So all of it can be wiped down and disinfected. Um, the box contains a shelf. So the puzzle comes completed. And it can be done in the box, depending on whether you're in a residence or you're in a bed or you have limited space or outside of the box. Within the box, there is a brochure that has helpful uh, suggestions um, on how to work with the puzzle, and it is in five languages. So we are a global product. Um, the, the images are generic, and we try to do it somewhat culturally. So, for example, um, when we were introduced in Toronto, we used the maple leaf flag. Um, we have an image that is uh, a windmill. We have an image that's very popular, which is a, a dog uh, called Going Out. But what we like to do about our images is to have multiple conversations. So, for example, on one which is the Statue of Liberty with a red flag, American flag, we can talk about time in the military, we can talk about picnics, we can talk about vacations to the East Coast, um, we can talk about immigration to the United States, or simply how much we love our American flag from an American culture. So each one of the images are designed that way. Each of the puzzles have different pieces so that they can be put together easily. Each one is designed so it takes approximately 15 to 20 minutes. We want it to be achievable. And that sense of accomplishment is so wonderful after the particular activity is, is completed. Um, it is designed absolutely positively to be done together. Absolutely. In fact, our our real slogan is to solve it together. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And we um, actually, when we built the shelf in the box, we actually built it with measurements of the wrist. So we knew how how we could work. So it would be comfortable. Wonderful. So we to think of everything. Um, it's been completely tested for safety internationally. All the dyes, all the materials, everything has been 100% tested internationally. So we have a, a very large uh, comfort level with safety. Well, that's that's great because that that always is a big a big concern with people. Um, with the puzzles, you know, I think it's great that you've got this international stance. And, and weren't you the, the first product that Alzheimer's Disease International um, even agreed to endorse? I mean, to me, that's just a massive statement. That is correct. That is correct. We went in front of their board. It took a very long time. Their board consists of 13 countries, I believe. And, um, yes, we are the first. And we had rigorous standards. Of course, the quality, the safety, the purpose of the product, the pricing of the product, and, of course, the applicability of the product internationally. So we had to meet all of these hurdles. So we had to be well-tested. Then um, we had to make sure that 
we met each of their criteria so that not only could it be used in the United States, but also in Puerto Rico or in Paris or in Asia, and that it could be adapted. That's another reason why we're in five languages right now. Um, the price. It had to be affordable for everybody because, as we talked about, this is a disease that does not discriminate. All no. walks of life had to be able to purchase it. Mm-hmm. Also, we give money back to Alzheimer's Disease International all the time, every day. We don't want a promotion. And the reason we do that, as you stated earlier, Alzheimer's disease only raises $500 million against the breast cancer of 6 or $5 billion. So we try to give back everything that we can to help them fund their campaigns to increase awareness and to increase their ability to be in other countries to help people in those countries. Which is so, wonderful that you're that you're giving back. Um and and I you know, I like that, you know, you've made the pricing affordable, you've really taken into the consideration, you know, um dexterity in terms of size of the puzzle as far as complication of the puzzle in terms of you know, style and um, being appropriate, you know, age appropriate for for the individual. Um, those are all huge, huge things. There's a lot of, of puzzles out there, you know, that uh, a lot of people that do puzzles, but again, with dementia, things change and we have to adapt. Uh, we have to adapt the game, just like uh, James Creasy has done for his Jiminy Wicket, you know, croquet game. He's he's made it adaptable. You know, everything is doable, but, you know, it's just so nice to, to you know, for me it's just such an honor, Jane, to, to know you and others like you that have taken the time to make the adaptions and then share them with the world. I mean, that's just such a critical piece is a lot of people are out there making making changes. I'm sorry, oh. I had a little quiet moment on my end. Oh, I'm sorry. I was saying that a lot of people, you know, for me it's just such an honor, a lot of people will go through and make adaptions to things in their own life, but they don't share them with the rest of the world. And that takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of energy to do what you've done to bring a product to the market. Um, you know, in terms of, of research and, and just the love that it goes into this to get it right. And so I I thank you for for all of the work that you've done and for the tenacity to get through the process to be able to share it with the world because I think so many people don't even try and then many that try give up. And we all need you. You know, if you're out there in the audience and you've got a concept, don't give up. You know, find a circle of friends that will help support you through this. Because, um, Jane, I would imagine there's been times when you've just wanted to throw in the towel when you were trying to develop this and get this off the ground. I think most of us go through that. Um, Or were you one of the lucky ones where it just breezed on through? (laughs) No, 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 no. There are days today that I just want to throw in the towel. It's so hard to reach the market. It mm-hmm. is very, very difficult, even today, whether you have a good product or a bad product, or to even get to the market. So, you mm-hmm. know, uh, there are days, you know, 
often. And I say, oh, my God, I'm going to throw in the towel. But getting your product to market is just hard because a lot of retailers just don't want an Alzheimer product in their in their array of products. It's just hard. Which is so ironic um, because, I mean, the, the, the target market couldn't be any bigger. And I mean, it's a growing you know, segment of the population. <clears throat> and to me, that just shows how much people are in denial. And um, even with the verbiage, uh, you know, if, if I'm out there looking for something, uh, you know, I would love to see those words on the product because that tells me that it's been developed for for my needs. You know, it's it's not, okay, I'm going to buy 42 puzzles and find out that they don't work. Well, and, you know, it's not just Puzzle With Me, but all mm-hmm. these other wonderful products as well. Mm-hmm. I would love to see them in pharmacies. You have to go and pick up drugs. Caregivers mm-hmm. go and pick up drugs. Families go and pick up drugs. Why not have products there? And again, really, I'm not talking just about Puzzle With Me. There's so many, just like the ladies before me on the show. The exposure is so necessary so people can find these products. Yep. So that, you know, to to give people the awareness that there is help out there and we can make it through a day because, you know, caregivers can, as we spoke about, become desperate. It's so stressful. And there are ways to get through the day and, and, and make it a pleasurable day, not only for the caregiver, but for those in which they're caring for. And that's yep. why I'd always talk about improving the quality of life. Yep. Yeah. It it just it to me it makes sense um, it, that things are readily available. And I guess you know that's that's one of the reasons for me. And again, if if there's any listeners out there that have a service product or a service product or tool that you want to help um, get out to the market, um, please get a hold of me because. Again, we can get you on the radio show. You can submit an article to the blog. Um, but more importantly, we're in the process of building the resource directory because there isn't a place where people can go mind, you know, what it is that they need. And I just think that that's asinine, that it's not out there already. And, um, and, and oh, go ahead. That's just, just what I I love about what you're doing. I mean, it's just so important. It's just not there. So, you know, big kudos on what you're doing. Well, thank you. It's it's just, you know, again, it's it's from the trenches, just looking at it in a different light and not focusing on these are the dollars that we have to spend. How are we going to do this? And, and, again, research is very important. Please don't get me wrong. But there is a lot of things that can help a family out that research can't do and and people need that help today and they deserve that help today while research is being done to try to find a cure but we all know that that's a ways out and down the road um you know it's just it's very critical i don't know did you see the the nbc show today i'm going to switch topics here just to hear on you with maria shriver i missed that this morning yeah, she she was on, and you know it was it was great. They're raising awareness, and they really talked about how dementia has an image problem, and so 
so they were talking to people about this image problem. And they had somebody on from uh, that was an AIDS activist that said, you know, how they raised money was people really got outraged and, and really protested. And, you know, that's what Alzheimer's disease needs. And I, ha I had to be honest, my stomach kind of turned with that because it's like I don't want any more fear and I don't want any more anger. You know, I, I, I would like to see monies expand and collaborations, you know, pop up. Um, through hope, you know, with that. And um, George was on with us against Alzheimer's, and he was talking about um, a checkup from the neck up, which I thought was a great soundbite. But he, like you, had mentioned, you know, $6 billion for cancer, $500 million only for Alzheimer's disease, you know, that's just so skewed. Um, but the whole face of it... Um, you know, they mentioned several times that they need a, a celebrity to get behind this. And, and I'm just not so sure it needs to be a celebrity. I think celebrities are busy. I think celebrities are limited in terms of their time and their energy. I, I would love to see more celebrities involved, but I don't know if they're really the voice. You know, if you're trying to pull on a crowd that doesn't that doesn't have, I don't know, that doesn't live with it every day, you know. I, yeah. To me, I see that's who's changing the landscape. It's the grassroots people. And, um, you know, like yourself and, and Carol and Mary Jane, who were on before you, and, you know, um, Bob DeMarco with the Alzheimer's Reading Room, and and so many. Um, there, there's so many exciting things going on at this, this grassroots level i think it's uh it's very very critical but she's going to be doing um a, it sounds like shows all week this week and there'll be some on the nighttime news I, i'd like to be able to find out a little bit more on that but i would encourage people to listen to that and and then go to the website and you know and make comments on what it is you're you're looking for and how do we how do we make significant changes how do we how do yeah. we get people to find out about products like Puzzle with me? You know, and yeah. if you're listening, call in. You know, or write in the chat box. Absolutely. We'd love to hear from you. And I know um, Alzheimer's disease is working very hard to raise funds and visiting corporations around the world, but it's you know it's just a difficult difficult thing, and I just can't think of a a more um, well. Let's see. A cause that needs it more, given the numbers and the growth that we're having. You know, it used to be that you really would have to look around for someone that's been touched. Today, it's hard to have a conversation where, oh yeah, my aunt, my everybody's been touched, and as it grows, everybody will be touched by Alzheimer's. Yep. It's yep. the growth is just unbelievable. Yeah, it, it's. It's kind of shocking that this is still in the closet, and that um, so many, uh, so many are ignorant. And and I was one. I didn't. I mean, Alzheimer's is like what? What? What is that? What does that mean? I I didn't even know what the word meant. I think most people know Alzheimer's has something to do with memory loss, but it's so much more than just memory loss. Um, people think it's an old person's disease. People think it's a short-term disease. You know, people aren't going to live long with it. That. Um, it's not going to affect them. And, and those are huge myths that uh, need to be broken down and people need to get educated. 
Um, definitely. Oh, uh, absolutely. I mean, in the U.S., it's the sixth leading cause of death. Yep. The sixth. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. And and that's just because they started to track it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and so, even with the know. numbers, you know, we're still new at early diagnosis. I mean, that those numbers, I think, are going to skyrocket as well as more physicians get on board with early diagnosis because there's still a lot of um, medical clinics and even hospitals that just um, everyone thinks that, you know, they're on top of the game of this disease. And, and let me tell you, they're not. You know, they all have a long ways to go, uh, as well as the public, um, to become dementia competent even and in well, terms of being able to diagnose. Mm-hmm. Here's a scary number. I was doing some work with a gentleman named uh, Nick Zulu. He is head of the Utah Alzheimer's Association, extremely bright man, very, very active. His organization in Utah is, is wonderful. We were talking... He said to me, undiagnosed, if without symptoms, and we're at 5.4 million in the United States, there would be another 10 million. That would bring our number up to 15.4 million. Non-symptomatic. But the number would raise by another 10 million with early diagnosis. Yeah. That's That's a big number. That's That's a very big number. And if you take it by three, usually you need three caregivers. I think it's more. That becomes a very large number in our society. Yep. Yeah. It's absolutely massive. And, um, you know, we need to be having these conversations more. We need to become dementia aware and dementia friendly uh, like they are over, over in the U.K., you know, it's in, in other places in the world where it's acceptable and people are proud that they know about it and they want to help. Um, that's the sad part is is here in the U.S. I don't think we've figured out how to how to tap the energy, you know, how to how to get people working in a positive format and and moving things along. You know, there's. Some some great organizations, and please don't get me wrong, because I I think the Alzheimer's Association and the Alzheimer's Society and the Alzheimer's Foundation and um, Us Against Alzheimer's, I mean, these are big, massive groups that are all doing great, great work. Um, But there's just so much more that needs to be done, and we need need to engage the public if we're really, truly going to make change. Uh, that's that's my thoughts, um, and that's what they seem to be able to embrace over over across the way, which is they're they're very much leading by example, which is so exciting, so exciting it is. to see. And Holland, I think, is another country. You know, they have dementia villages. Yeah, which is very yeah. exciting. Very fun, very fun. I had a conversation with. Um, with somebody, we were going back and forth because I think it's a fabulous concept. And um, one person who is a, a very well-known um, trainer, you know, didn't really care for the concept because, you know, she she said, well, you know, they, they people with dementia need to come out into the community. We can't hide them away. 
And I said, I don't think they're being hit away. You know, they're being given an environment that's suitable to them. And, you know, people thought, well, you know, but the staff aren't being truthful because they're really not a cashier or they're really not a, you know, a chef. You know, they're playing a role. Well, any role we play in a job is just a role, you know. But if you're you're authentic in the role, then it doesn't matter. You know, if you're in that space, if you own that space and – um, then to me it's okay. I mean, I, I just, I loved the concept. Now, I haven't been over there, and maybe if I went over there, I would change my mind, but I kind of doubt it. Um, but I, I, the Dementia Village, I think everybody should Google it. There's a couple of fantastic um, videos that have been done on it, and it's a very unique concept, and it, it it's all about getting the person with dementia to kind of be in their happy space. And who wouldn't want to live there? I mean, you know, exactly. you know, I I wouldn't mind that, you know, I really wouldn't mind being happy and being stress free, um, or having being in an environment that would reduce that for me. I mean, that's that's my goal as an adult is to reduce my stressors and to be with people that I'm engaged with. Um, so I, I didn't see any downside to it, and I and I'm sure there's probably some, but. From afar and from my glance, um, I just thought it was a very cool concept. Very, very cool yeah, concept. I, I agree. And you know, going back to what you said earlier, it makes it makes it humanizes it. It makes us people. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You exactly. Know, you know, and instead of uh, again a scary disease, uh, a hopeless disease, it gives it hope. Yeah. So I, I thought that was a very cool part of it as well. Well, and it made it look, um, I don't want to say fun, but, I mean, there's theres parts of this video that, I mean, you're, you're just going to be laughing and go, I want to do that. I mean, i that's what I said when I watched it. It's like, I want to go ride that bike, you know. I want to go have fun. I want to try that. Because it was about living again. It wasn't about being a disease. It was about living life. And you have a disease. You know, yeah, it was, it was exactly. putting... Putting that person again first, and and the disease second, um, which I think is a, a critical, critical piece. Um, and I'm sorry, I got us a little off topic here, but I just, I, I you know, I think it all intertwines in terms of how you uh, care for somebody and how you engage with them, and and what tools are you going to pick. You know, are you gonna are you gonna pick a you know two hundred piece puzzle, or are you gonna pick something that actually they can do? So you're not just saying that you're doing a puzzle, but you're actually really doing it together and engaging. You know, we have to give more thought in terms of our our choices um, and and how we interact with people. Um, can you tell us um with puzzle with me you know we talked about what makes it different and you know it's been tested in the the size and you know the pictures and um you know just the the um ability to be able to grasp the the pieces being bigger is is huge along with the attention span and you know how long it would take somebody to put it together i mean you've really given a lot of thought to that um can you tell us, you know, what is your your vision going forward with your company? 
do you do you have um did you have ideas to expand at all or you know, what's your vision? Oh my, do we have another hour? <laughs> 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 well, first of all, uh what puzzle with me? We're going to uh, expand the images because I would love to be in every country. And every country has different cultural, you know, images that work really well for them. And that's that's hard to do. So mm-hmm. I, I do want to expand my images. And then my goal for Puzzle With Me, aside from getting into every country, is to have the ability, which we are getting to, um, to do images that you submit. So it, maybe you would like a photo of, uh, of yourself to give to your mom to work together with your mom. Or mm-hmm. your children. Now we have the capability to do it. We just don't have the price point right, because mm-hmm. we want to be able to offer this to everybody. But if you wanted to do um, again a puzzle with me of a particular um, image, maybe it's your family or something that you know really resonates, we would like to be able to do that for you. Mm-hmm. So that's puzzle with me. Our vision for puzzle with me to one, go generic into the market with different cultural uh, images, and then to go into the personalized market. Um, next, because we talked a little bit about how hard it is to get into the market, Puzzle With Me right now is forming coalitions, like yourself, trying to be a resource, in the sense that if I'm in with one particular vendor, I like to bring in other products with me that aren't necessarily puzzle with me, but products mm-hmm. that are purposeful mm-hmm. and help them come to market as well. So um, often vendors are always looking for more products, and if I can use puzzle with me as the lead, I am more than happy to introduce other products into that market. Mm-hmm. Um, the only catch to that is I ask that they donate money to Alzheimer's Disease International. Mm-hmm. So if I do the introductions and their product is picked up by vendors that I'm working with, I ask that they do give donations every day, every sale, to Alzheimer's Disease International. Okay, great. Say, we do um, have a question. I'm just going to interrupt you. Um, oh, just sure. Because I, um, Rose is wondering, are your puzzles um, located and sold at, like, Walmart at all? or? Are they, are I they wish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish, Rose. <laughs> I really wish they were, Rose. <laughs> you, you, you can certainly buy them online at, at Puzzle With Me. Um, certainly we're in a couple of catalogs for senior products. That would probably be a little bit more difficult. Um, but certainly you can come to Puzzle With Me, www.puzzlewithme.com, and you can order online and we'll get you one. Or you can just write me a note. A lot of people do. Jane at PuzzleWithMe.com, and I'll take care of it personally. Great. I wish it yeah. was. <laughs> uh, yeah. If, if Rose, if you or anyone out there has connections with Walmart or uh, CVS or, you know, Target, any of those uh, stores, you know, Sam's Club, Costco, uh, you know, there should be a section for this kind of stuff. Um, uh, why it's not out there, I, I, I just I don't quite 
get it yet, but I think it's because the conversation is still muffled and I think people are still in denial. And I think many times marketers as a whole look at it as being something negative and they don't understand the hope they are giving people by having these products present. You know, this isn't something that you should be, that anyone should be ashamed of. And it isn't, it isn't, um, these products are tools of hope. You know, it's not something to be sad about. These are good things. And I don't think, um, I don't think the marketers and the shopkeepers have gotten that yet, how important this is and how much that they can help, um, not only the people with dementia, but those caring for them, how critical this is. It's it's like a, I mean, I, I look at products like this as, it, it's just as important as a medication. You know, it's a it's a social prescription. And it needs to be looked at in that light for all of these um, services, products, and tools that are needed, um, you know, for for people in the trenches. So, Jane, no, I'm sorry, kind of, I cut you off there because um, I wanted to get uh, Rose's questions answered there. Are we there? Yep. I'm here. Okay. 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 So, um, yeah, I wanted to get uh, to hear a little bit more on on your vision moving moving forward. I kind of cut you off there because once in a while people will pose a question and then they'll have to scoot. And sure. <laughs> so I wanted to make sure that we were able to sure. answer that. So, so we're, yeah, we're working very hard with those that do represent Puzzle with Me to bring in other products so we can increase the awareness and bring other wonderful products out there to market. So um, that is on my plate as well now. And um, very, very soon, we'll be looking at developing other completely different products that we have in mind, like Paint With Me or uh, Make Music With Me, um, expanding our entire array. But for right now, we are just going to continue to expand Puzzle with me, as we said, not only generically and culturally, but also um, to personalize and try to get more products out there besides Puzzle with me. So we can keep building this market, keep giving money back to Alzheimer's disease, so we can keep creating awareness and uh, every day make a dent, make a difference. Yep, that's really what it is about, is just being persistent and knowing that progress is being made even if you can't see it just having the faith of knowing that the connections and the tenacity um, and the time and the energy is isn't for nothing there is somebody out there that that needs what it what it is you have to share and in some days i know that that's tough for people to continue on but um so many people are in need and the, the the products are are endless out there. So if you've got something, hook up with Jane, and um, you know, and hook up with me on Alzheimer Speaks. So we'd love to love to be able to help promote you, you know, any way that we can, and um, and help those find the services, products, and tools that they need. 
Um, Jane, I can't believe our time is almost up. How do people reach you? What's the best mode for them to get a hold of you? Um, certainly at um, Jane at PuzzleWithMe.com. And, of course, I invite everybody to come to www.puzzlewithme.com. We have testimonials. We have all sorts of information there. Um, please take a minute and visit us. And um, thank you so much, Lori, for having us on your show. And I'd just like to leave with one thought. What we say at Puzzle With Me is with all your listeners and with Puzzle With Me and with ADI, we're going to solve this together. We can do this one day at a time. I agree. I agree. And none of us can do it alone. And um, and that's why it's so important for us to have this conversation and to to keep things rolling. Um, Rose has one other comment. She says, I like the idea of your product and will spread the word any way I can. And Rose, is a, Rose Lamont is a great advocate. Um, and she has definitely been in the trenches with this disease and understands it. So thank you so much, Rose, for your support. It, it means a lot. Uh, to all of us, uh, because it, you know, like I said, none of us can do this alone. But together, we're quite a force. And, yes, um, we are. And we're just gaining, gaining momentum each, each and every day. Well, listen, Jane, you have a wonderful week ahead of you, and I look forward to uh, you. to being in touch with you. Thank you so much, Lori, and I appreciate you again so much having me on the show and puzzle with me and, and chatting and um, I wish you, you know that, only the best and I hope that we'll be in touch soon. Oh, for sure, for sure. I I think uh, I think we'll be doing a lot of work together in the future. So thank you so much for all you're doing okay. and um, again, buy your puzzles and, and help give back to Alzheimer's disease at the same time. Just go to puzzlewithme.com Com. Um, or you can shoot Jane an email at jane at puzzleswithme.com. Thank you again, and uh, we'll talk soon, Jane. Bye now. Okay. Bye-bye. Um, I just want to remind everybody that uh, coming up next week on the radio show, we're going to have the Alzheimer's Research and um, Prevention Foundation on with us, along with uh, the Jiminy Wicket uh, organization, which is an adaptive croquet game. And then next week we'll also be having uh, another uh, dementia chats. And again, if you're not familiar with dementia chats, that is where I interview people with dementia. They are the experts. And we really encourage our audience to come with questions and to participate with comments through the chat box. Um, they're all recorded. And uh, last week we just had a great conversation. We had a lot of interaction going on. They're very free-flowing. And um, we would we would love for you to join us uh, on that Again, if you're looking for an Alzheimer's Association anywhere in the world, check out Alzheimer's Disease International at www.alz.co.uk. And uh, you can also go to the Alzheimer's Studies uh, program for a clinical trial on Tau 
which uh, you can sign up for or go just get more information. And don't forget to check out our first guest, their wonderful game, Lifetime. So go to www.lifetimesthegame.com and you can connect with Mary Jane and also Carol there. So until next time, remember, it's about progress, not perfection. Talk soon and enjoy your week. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody, Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire, become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.